welcome back to the Complete Student Podcast. This is season two, episode two, and I am really excited to be discussing the topic that we're going to be discussing today with my good co-host, Jackson. How are you doing, Jackson? I'm doing great. Thank you for having me here. I'm really excited about this. I've been looking forward to talking about this for a while, actually. Today, we are talking about the Satan shoes. If you don't remember this story, rapper Lil Nas X produced a pair of shoes in collaboration with a company called Mischief. The shoes are a modified pair of Nike Air Max uh, 97s that sold 666 pairs in about a minute. They sold for $1,018 each, and Mischief confirmed that the shoes also contain a drop of blood from their employees in the sole. On the side of the shoes is the verse Luke 10:18, which reads, I saw Satan fall from heaven like lightning. On the shoes is also a bronze pentagram and an upside-down cross. He also released a music video in which he is intimately involved with Satan himself. All of this is tied to his sexuality as a gay man and his struggle to come out as a child. So obviously this is a controversial topic. This is something that there has been a wide dialogue around. So I just mm-hmm. want to ask you, Jay, what were your first thoughts when you saw this? Yeah. Yeah, it's super interesting story. Um, and I just remember just the reaction from people, from news outlets to obviously Christians and uh, the like. And uh, just a lot of people had something to say about this topic when it came up. And my initial reaction was uh, maybe similar to some others like yourself or whatever. But I just figured that this was like a really good um, like shock value. Like, have you ever been in a conversation with a friend and you're like wanting to tell a joke and you say something that, you know, is just a little like inappropriate or off putting or, uh, something just completely outside of your normal, like, like All speech, time, whatever, you know? Much. Yeah. Yeah. And then you just, you just drop it in there just for some shock value. And that's exactly what I felt like when these, when this story dropped, it was just, this was something that was like a publicity stunt that they were doing for shock value. Right. So, um, you know, obviously, uh, it worked, right? Like yeah. they sold all 666 pairs of shoes in less than a minute. I mean, that's crazy. That's a crazy uh, reaction to, um, something that's happening. And so I, I initially just saw this as just an opportunity for them to try to get people to react, to try to try to get people to talk about what was happening and sort of create this buzz around this new idea or this, this shoe, this product, you know, whatever they were doing, which is exactly what I think like a lot of us want to do if we've got some new idea, topic, song, podcast, whatever idea that we're wanting to get out there, you want to create some sort of buzz. And that's, that's what good marketing does. So that obviously worked as a bit of a sneakerhead myself. uh, I don't know if I would have been if I had even wanted to uh, one of those people to jump in on the 666 pairs. Because one, I don't really like these shoes. Like I don't, I'm not a big Nike Air Max 97 fan uh they're not my favorite shoes they're not my favorite uh nike air maxes out there um and so just on a personal note probably wouldn't even if you took out the whole satan shoe aspect the drop of blood uh and all of that i probably still wouldn't be one to like jump on spending a thousand dollars on these pairs of Nike Air Max. So I don't know, what was your reaction when you first heard this story? Yeah, definitely. I saw it as a shock value thing. I think I was a little bit less surprised than a lot of other people. I I, I remember being more frustrated with the conversation around it than I was with it itself. It was one of those things where I was like, yeah, that's going to happen. They, they, the, the, the situation in which people disrespect or misrepresent religious imagery 
that has been a thing forever. (laughs) For people that don't respect that authority, for people that don't believe in that, why would they respect it? And so I was a little bit less surprised. It was definitely definitely shocking. Mm -hmm. But again, that's the intention. And I think if you are wanting to make money on a product or on a song, if you can start a wide conversation about it, if you can get a stir going on, then you're obviously going to make some more money. And so I saw it. I was like, it's a smart marketing tactic. It makes sense. It made a lot of people really angry, but I don't think that they, I don't think they made a Satan shoe thinking like everyone's going to love this. Yeah. This is going to work out perfect. <laughs> right. Otherwise, they probably would have made more. Yeah. But, you know, <laughs> I understand the 666 aspect of it that, you know, made them want to say like, let's start with this. But if they really wanted to like, you know, not have, or, you know, not have such exclusivity and try to make more money off of this. They could have obviously created more of these shoes later on, but exactly. it's not what they did. Why do you think that you were more upset at uh, the reaction that people had rather than the topic itself? I think that's interesting. Yeah, so it's it's definitely a dialogue that I've had with friends and family of mine when this came out. And I, I, I remember saying, why do we as Christians expect non-Christians to abide by Christian values? Right. Why do we always feel like our values are going to reign supreme, even in people that don't believe in our system? And, and it's something that we almost talked about in episode one, that I think Christians sometimes assume the role of moral policemen, trying to control behavior, control ideals and beliefs outside of their sphere. And listen, I know that Jesus has healing power. I know that there is freedom in God. But I don't believe that everyone who doesn't believe in God can come to that realization. I think part of assimilating these values, part of choosing this lifestyle, part of giving up yourself as a living sacrifice comes with the realization that God is real, that God loves me, that God has grace. And for someone who doesn't believe that, I'm not surprised that they don't obey by these ideals. These values that I have are inspired by my recognition of God. And if they don't recognize God, if they don't recognize Jesus as the ultimate authority, why would they respect it? What I'm more surprised by is people in my sphere, in my Christian sphere, being angry, being disgruntled, being uh, uh, abrasive and aggressive towards this. Because we're the people we're the people that say this, Jesus yeah. loves you. Yeah. And so I was more so surprised that people were shocked that non-Christians do non-Christian things. I was like, this is normal. This has always happened. Obviously, it's shock value. Obviously, it's a little bit more out there. But it's in line with culture and what we've seen before. Totally, yeah. I mean, there's other uh, forms of media out there right now that are doing the same thing, essentially taking, you know, Christian topics or ideas and, like, kind of twisting, manipulating them. I mean, show Handmaid's Tale comes to mind. Other things that, that... that are that are out there that are doing the same thing as what Lil Nas X and Mischief were doing with these shoes. So I, you know, I, I understand. I think that it spins off a whole different conversation. I don't know if we want to go down today yeah. just about like how we view morality and how, um, you know, at, as Christians, obviously we have this moral compass. But is there a general uh, moral compass that as a nation that we should be following or as a world. And I don't want to go down that whole rabbit trail, but I think like it, you know, it definitely calls into question, like who, who is the moral police who does get to decide like what our morality looks like, um, whether you believe in our same faith system or not, like what is going to ultimately govern our morality as a country or as a nation, as a world, whatever. So I think that's interesting. Um, but yeah. Yeah, definitely. I I think 
I, I always defer to a quote that I've heard, and I wish I could attribute it to someone. I don't remember who it was. Mm-hmm. But it says, if, if you set your expectations for people lower, you'll be disappointed a lot less. Mm-hmm. And so if I just set my expectations and say, why would they have these values if they don't respect that authority? Then I won't be as disappointed when they do what inevitably they're going to do. But yeah, I, I also believe that you know our values are beneficial. I believe that they work because they're God-given. Mm-hmm. But I don't expect everyone to assimilate them. I don't expect everyone to accept them. But I don't just want to play the defense in this situation. <laughs> I want to have a very well-rounded argument. So I want to ask, what would you say are the dangers or the concerns of portraying Satan like this? Right, yeah. I'm, I mean, I obviously share the same value system as you do as being a Christian. And I think Satan definitely isn't something to be played with, right? Like he's real. He's out there to get you. Um, we don't talk about it a whole lot, uh, even in the Christian circles. Like we talk a lot about the message of hope. We don't often talk about the enemy, but the, the Bible is pretty clear and it talks about how the enemy is like this roaring lion who's looking for someone to devour or Satan comes to steal, kill and destroy. Like he is out to get you. And so uh, I know that we don't talk about it much, but I think there's this line from, and I, I took this, but this, the movie called the usual Spe- suspects yes. where it says the greatest trick that the devil ever played was convincing the world that he didn't exist. And I would add that, um, I would add to that, that, that hell is sort of like this, this playground, the devil's playground. Like yeah. it's going to be a lot of fun. Like, Oh, I can't wait to get to hell. Cause we're just going to be one big party. And we're going to be doing what we want to do and giving ourselves into debauchery and all this stuff. Like that's, I think that's the trick that one of the tricks that the enemy wants to use and, 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 and capturing our attention is to pretend like this is all just fun and games. And really it's not like, this isn't something to, to play around that for me, like I don't like to mess around with, with satanic like imagery or like diving too much into, um, the spiritual world. Like the, the Bible tells us that obviously that our battle is not against flesh and blood, but against principalities and powers and, um, those sort of things. And like, there's this realization that there is, um, another world out there. There's this spiritual world out there. But for me personally, I don't like outside of like, um, engaging in it with my faith in Jesus and trying to pursue more of who God is. I don't like to pursue other sides of the <laughs> spiritual world yeah. because uh, I just don't want to open myself up to, like, I know that the battle's there. I know that it exists, and I know that we're fighting that battle, but I'm also not trying to, like, invite the enemy just into my daily life to just be, like, really open and upfront with me and whatnot. And um, I just want to be led by the Holy Spirit, want the Holy Spirit to continue to lead and guide me every single day uh, and not just open myself up to like having to fight battles that I don't necessarily have to fight. Uh, and so for me personally, that's, that's why I don't enjoy like getting involved with watching horror movies or like uh, anything that kind of represents demonic imagery that's out there. But I know it's out there and I know people enjoy doing that. It's just for me, like it can be scary and I yeah. just don't dive into it. So how about you? What are some dangers or concerns that you have? Yeah, definitely portraying Satan. Something that I hold and even beyond the Satan conversation is just the more you joke about something, the less serious you're going to take it. Mm. It's it, it's almost too obvious that if you make a joke out of something, it's not that serious. Right. And it's it's scary to me when mental health or Satan gets joked about because I know that those are serious issues that people will then take less seriously. So if a friend of mine makes a makes a mental health joke, I'm like, hey, hey, that's a real thing. Yeah. Hey, we got to take that seriously. And if a joke and a shoe and a music video is made about Satan, I have to ask, are we taking him less seriously than we should? Because 
He's a real guy. And I never want to get to a place where I'm having so much fun that I miss the really key points of life. Love God, don't fall into Satan. (laughs) And I want to make sure that I can laugh and I can have fun, but I want to make sure that my jokes are beneficial. Mm -hmm. And and in all things that I do, try to glorify Christ. And everything that my hand finds to do, I do it with all my strength. And so I'm a little bit weary and a little bit worried about making something a joke that's something very, very serious. Because there's something that happens subconsciously when you joke about something, you make a music video about something or a shoe about something, and your brain pulls this little switch that says, that's not as serious. That's not a real problem. I don't need to worry about that. If I joke about my finances, I spend my money more irresponsibly. It's just the way that my brain works, and I think that we're designed that way. I think it's wired. But it's it's a concern for me, for sure. I yeah. think I think communicating that lovingly is really important. I think these are great conversations, and they have to be had right because it's an important issue. Like I said, it's serious. So I want to ask, I mean, as Christians, how do we respond with a Christ-like mindset when we see something like this and we genuinely want to engage in a productive dialogue? Yeah, so um, I... I think one of the things that comes to mind is something that we have been talking through as a church at Bellevue Christian Center um, to collectively as a whole. It's this idea that was created and sort of written by by this guy named Jeff Henderson, um, who uh, formerly was a pastor in Atlanta area, kind of runs his own consulting business now. But it's this idea of what are you known for? He wrote this whole book, What Are You Known For? And as Christians, I think so often we're known for what we're against rather than what we're for. And I think that's super damaging to our reputation as Christians, which is like you mentioned earlier, it's to to be based and founded upon Jesus loves you. It's the fact that that, that, uh, our reputation is to be known for love because that's what Jesus was all about was love. But so often that's like not our reputation. That's not what we're known for. We're known for more of what we're against. And um, if we're constantly being known for what we're against, then people will never see the love that we're actually trying to portray, right? So um, some days I know that I can get upset. I can get frustrated, tempted to lash out um, or whatever with my words and viewpoints on, on certain topics or issues. But public conversations should be different than our private emotions, right? So yeah. um, there are things that emotionally like might stir me, might get me riled up, but that doesn't mean that I'm going to immediately take that to a public conversation. Like I've, I've got to find ways to manage my emotions appropriately, whether that's writing it down, writing it somewhere where people won't see it so that when I do have the opportunity to speak about it in public, I'm not coming from it from an emotional standpoint, but like I've allowed the emotions to kind of settle down and I can speak clearly. So I'm not going to regret something um, later on that I spoke out of emotion, you know? And so I think that's important for us that to remember that we can't expect, again, you said this too, we can't expect non-believers to share the same values that we as believers, um, you know, share. And so, as, and we certainly can't expect them to live those values out, right? And so um, I think as Christians, it's important for us to remember that. It's important for us to communicate with love and to act in a manner of love, to be known for what we're for more than what we're against. And so I think those are all important things that as Christians, we have to keep in mind and ways that we can respond to situations like this. Yeah, definitely. I think it's it's about what you lead with. If there's five things that I need to say and I lead in and I lead with the least important thing, you'd be really confused. Right. And at the end of the day, Jesus loves you. At the end of the day, God is here for you. That's the most important thing. So in a situation like this, if I come in and I say, these Satan shoes, how could you? This is so disrespectful. I'm leading with the not so important thing. 
that's a detail about the situation that can be remedied. We can have a conversation about that. But at the end of the day, if we as Christians are always guns blazing, talking about things that at the end of the day don't matter, we're damaging and hurting the representation of Christ that we carry and the calling that we have as people and believers. Mm-hmm. I think it's it's really scary. I want to ask, I mean, how do you think people view believers when we react harshly on this? Yeah. Um, so particularly with this story, I think one of the initial reactions that we saw from a lot of Christians was sort of this outrage, this anger, um, this overreaction by many Christian, <clears throat> excuse me, Christians to these shoes and this whole story, the music video, the shoes, the whole satanic imagery, the sort of mocking, like you just saw this anger and this outrage. Again, not a reflection of love. Uh, and so it's really, it's really um, confusing and uh, maybe seems hypocritical. Uh, to those on the outside looking in, as uh, us as Christians, and um, my one of my favorite pastors and authors, Kerry Newhoff, he says this. He says, "When Christians lose their mind, people lose their faith," yep. and I think that's so true. Anytime you know you start uh, losing your mind, becoming outraged, angry, like people aren't going to gravitate to you more. They're going yep. to resist you more. You know, so like I think it's important for us to to stay calm, to not lose our minds, to uh, to practice the fruit of the Spirit, the self-discipline, the self-control. Um, and that's so, sort of how we should react. Um, I think when the world views believers uh, as people who overreact, then it's not, again, it's not doing us any favors. And often... I think our job as Christians is sort of to provide an alternative to the anger and the outrage, but so often we're the ones who are fueling it more and more and more. Yeah, yeah. It's it's scary to watch that our values, our ideals, our beliefs can be so easily disintegrated when we get angry, when we get outraged. I think, you know, <laughs> anger is like heat. It just rises to the top. And so when we're upset, when we're frustrated, it's the first thing that we show, and it's the first thing that rises. And I think we need to begin to cool that. Yeah. I think as a culture, as, as, a, as a sphere of Christians, we need to begin to manage our influence more healthily so that we can portray the God that we serve. Mm-hmm. Yeah. 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 Just the last thing I would say is, like you said, the world around us is infused with anger, outrage, lashing out at people the conversations online that happen on social media, that's all you see. Uh, anytime something controversial pops up, you will see the outrage, you'll see the anger. As Christians, we can't be uh, an echo of what the rest of the world is doing. Yeah. We've got to be an alternative to that. And and I think one of the, the best things that we have to keep in mind is that we the alternative that we are pr- providing is hope and yes. love. Yeah. And so if we can focus on that, I think that'll help us get a lot further in our reputation than uh, some of the things that we've seen in the past. So Definitely. Well, thanks so much for having this conversation with me. Again, I think it's another great op- uh, opportunity for us to discuss some really important things. Yeah. Thank you guys for viewing, for watching, listening, however you're checking us out at the Complete Student Podcast. Mm-hmm.